0: Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Don't you love your pastor here today? Well, praise God. Um, got a phone call last week, and um, I guess they wanted me to come preach here t- to you tonight. Uh, it's not very easy preaching to your home church um, um, but I do give honor to pastor here um, I would not be here if it wasn't for Aaron Bounds and his family um, There was key moments in my life years ago talking five to seven years ago when I was going through dry seasons of my life and it was the man of God that spoke a few words to me that absolutely changed my destiny And I'm thankful for that man here today. Um, If you could turn your attention to Romans. Not Romans. Excuse me. uh, Numbers chapter 13. And verse 30 through 33. Amen. I also give honor to uh, the Anchor Ministry here tonight. Um, God bless you. And to every saint um, that has encouraged me and has prayed for me over these years. And that has fed me. Amen. There's a few of you that have been over your house Quite too many times eating food, amen, when I was in college, but God bless you. Uh, it says in verse 30, and Caleb still the people before Moses and said, let us, everybody say let us, go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report, a report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land which the way and through which we have gone to search it, is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are the men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. I wonder if you could lay your Bibles down and stretch your hands towards heaven. And let's pray one more time over this service. Lord, I pray, God, that the spirit of my pastor would come right now. God, that that mantle would brush up against my shoulders right now in this service, Lord. That we'd be able to tap into the Holy Ghost here tonight to accomplish your will and your way. I pray, God, that it does not become an ordinary service here on a Wednesday night, but God, you would do something special in this church service here today. That, God, our services after this would become more powerful. That God, the Holy Ghost, would be more prevalent in each and every one of our prayer meetings. God, I pray that it starts tonight that we fulfill the prophecy that is over this church. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. I um I am not good at writing sermons. I am not good at typing pages, or notes when I was in college. What normally took somebody uh, potentially maybe 30 minutes to an hour to type up a essay or a project took me several hours. My, I realized that my brain is just wired differently than most. I just overanalyze, I overthink, and um, I just do too much for what's given to me. And I end up getting worse grades than the ones that hardly studied or hardly put half the effort that I put in in college. So over through those four years I've learned that I just have to flow in a different way and that's sort of how I want to deliver here today that I may have a bunch of notes here but I just want to flow in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because in all reality you haven't come to hear me preach you've come to hear the Word of God. Amen. Uh, If you want to come back next Sunday to hear your pastor preach that's fine and I won't be offended because that man of God will be be a better preacher than I ever will become in this lifetime that I live. But I believe that God is going to do something special here today for this very moment, that you've decided to come to church today, then be at the fair. Amen. Praise God. And God's going to bless you, and I pray that he does. Um, we see that... Previous uh, chapters and books and history Before this moment came When Caleb stood before the people of Israel To tell them that we can take this land That God has promised us We have to revert back to see the track record That these people kind of showed the world That these people had sort of a spiritual amnesia That one moment God did something great for them The very next day or week That they forgot instantly what God had done for them, that God would bless them with abundance and bless them with victories, but the very next day, they would build statues, they would they would backslide against God Almighty, and it was so hard for Moses, the man of God, to pastor these people um, that the way in the in which the way they act, but we see in the very beginning when God um, hears the cry of these people, it was a desperation amongst all the land that even God Almighty in heaven, who knows how far that is from Earth, heard the cry and the desperation for the deliverance for His people to be out of the uh, Pharaoh's hand, out of the land of bondage. God went to extremes, went to uh, high heights and low valleys to get them out. Of the land of bondage, uh, one of them for a perfect example would be um, the ten plagues. He created rivers of blood, and he let frogs go in the bed chambers of the enemy. He even let lice come upon all men. Flies filled all the houses, all the cattle, all the livestock, all the possessions begin to die. Even boils became uh, came on man. There was great hailstorms that came on the earth, and there was locusts that ate up all the harvest that the pharaoh. And the Philistines had built and had sowed for that very season. God made sure that he was after his people, that everyone knew what he was doing and he was not afraid of it. And there came a point in time where darkness came came upon the land for three days. No man left their house, but there was a supernatural light that came upon the children of Israel. And may, the Lord and the Bible made this statement that you may know how that the Lord put a difference between the Egyptian and the Israel. Can I stop here and tell you that you may be in a backslidden state or may be in a land of bondage, but God wants you to know that you're still His. Yeah. Praise God. Come on, you may not be living right, but God has still marked you his. Amen. That's why we got to believe every backslider is going to come back home at any given moment. Praise God. It doesn't matter if they were a fallen preacher, if they were found in fornication. It doesn't matter if they were caught in adultery, that God is married to the backslider. And we we cannot be weary and stop praying for backslidden people. Praise God. The tenth plague was was it was eye-opening for me as I read this scripture and and I saw that God had one more chance to get a hold of Pharaoh's attention. It was going to be extreme measures where he killed the newborns of the Philistines and the Egyptians at that very moment. That he killed these babies overnight. And I can see it there that Moses was instructed to take the blood of the lamb and put it upon the doorposts of every house because he knew that his angels, his death angels, were going to come and kill those babies. And I can see the people of God, those those mothers that have um, bruises and have chains, uh, still feel like there's chains on their wrists and their, their lays because all they knew was bondage. All they knew was brick. All they knew was mortar. But them sitting there in their bitterness, them sitting there in their hate towards the Egyptians for the way they treated them, that they were sitting in that very house, woken up in the middle of the night as God massacred every single child of the Egyptians. They heard a great cry outside of their four walls. They heard women screaming, my baby is dead. Honey, my baby is gone. The Lord Almighty is for them. It took that extreme for God to get a hold of Pharaoh's heart. Can I tell you God will go through anything to make sure that you get out of your trial and your trouble here tonight. God will go through every extreme he has to to make sure you're saved here tonight. We have to trust the Lord and obey his commandments because God will do anything Praise God It was a message That he was trying to send the whole earth That he was not Playing games. But after the bondage, they still wanted to go back to, to uh, Egypt. They still had chains that no one can see that were attached to their soul, that was attached to their body. And they still wanted to backslide because of fear, because of what the enemy was coming after them to do to them. But there came a point in time where God delivered them in the Red Sea. But after the Red Sea, after the plagues, they still doubted God. There came a point in time in Mara where they complained about the waters being too bitter. And God came down, humbly down from his throne and spoke to Moses and told him to take a tree and put in the waters to make sure it's sweet. If the waters, making the water sweet was not good enough, they still had room to complain about not having enough food. And God decided to give them quail and manna after God gave them the food. They complained about having no water. All they did was complain Complain, complain complain all they did was experience the miracles the signs and the wonders that God gave them but all they had to answer to God all they had to answer to their neighbor on their left and their right is I don't have enough but this was a cycle that the people of God in the Old Testament went through time after time, I don't have time here to talk about the details, uh, the children of Israel being delivered. Um, I really believe God's going to take us here somewhere tonight, um, but I do know after all of that, Moses was fed up. Moses was was weary. Or their pastor was real weary about the complaining of the people of God. He was he was he he was absolutely drained spiritually, and it led to his his physical. And 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 God gave him a solution here tonight. And and, and God told him I say, and he said to him, uh, if God if you deal with me, just kill me, just end it now, because I know the next council meeting I have with you about these backslidden fools. The next moment that I have with you to talk about the mess they created, yet again, I don't want to talk about another solution. I just want to give up and end it now. God, just end it now. But God was not going to end it now because his love is everlasting. His grace is real, and he wants us saved here tonight but it was God that told him, my spirit is gonna come upon 70 my spirit that I have given you is gonna come upon your leaders and your elders here tonight praise God it's the same adoption pol- policy it's the same protocol that the apostolic church goes through here today that we believe any man that steps behind this pulpit is flown in anointing of Aaron Bounds praise God any Bible studies student every Bible study teacher, every Sunday school teacher flows in the anointing because anointing flows top to down. What pastor feels here today, I can feel at this very moment the way pastor prays here today. I can pray at this very moment because that's how the flow of the apostolic church operates. And I am thankful here today that I can operate in the anointing of my pastor here tonight. Praise God. He puts it upon them, and the Bible goes on to say that they begin to prophesy, and they did not cease, amen. But there came a point in time that it was designed just for the elders, that there was two men, Eldad and Medad, there was two men that dwelt in the camp. Of amongst those millions of people. And the Bible records that a young man saw them prophesying in the camp. Instantly that young man out of protocol, that young man being scared out of his heart because something was brand new formed before his eyes. He ran to Moses. He said, Moses, these two men are prophesied. Even Joshua, the man that was under Moses, came to him. He said, should we forbid them? To stop prophesying. The moment he did that, I believe Moses was sitting there smiling. A couple days ago, he was wanting to give his life away, but now God gave him a solution that was going to take care of his issue at that very moment. That can I tell you here today that the apostolic church has to get a mindset shift here tonight, uh, that we must believe that the same anointing does not only resign on preachers, but it can resign on saints of God that are in the camp. That I believe the same anointing that my pastor has every Sunday and has every Wednesday, every hospital meeting that he has, every time he visits someone or every time he teaches a Bible study, that anointing can trickle down and go into his body here tonight. Tonight, that your insecurity does not have a chance against God's anointing. But you must open yourself up here tonight. You must open your heart up to the Spirit of God. If He could do it for Aaron Bounds, He could do it for me because I'm submitted to that man of God and I could conquer land that my pastor can conquer. Praise God. But Joshua being caught up in his position, this, this, this young man, can I stop here and tell you the history, Joshua, Joshua was but a teenager when he was used by Moses, that he was designed to order the armies that Moses commanded him to order. He was a captain of every army. He defeated thousands of the enemies just with his hand and with the sword. This young boy not only had war in his hands, he had conquer in his feet. Everywhere he went, he was blessed and, and it came to fruition and Joshua won. But not only that he was given the burden of his own pastor to cling to the altar when Moses could not go in the tabernacle he made a tent before God and the glory of God fell and Joshua clinged to that altar and he did not want to leave Joshua had no problems serving Moses because he was submitted to his pastor But Joshua in that moment was tested when he looked at the man of God. He said, should we forbid him to stop prophesying? Should we stop him? Because we know God said it's only designed for the elders of that group. And I believe that his spirit at that very moment was checked. And can I stop here and tell you, entitlement is a very deadly sin. Once it's planted in our hearts and our minds, it can grow into something that honestly, it'll take an act of God or an act of submission to stop growing, to kill that tree in our lives. It was an angel in heaven, Lucifer, that was entitled by his the way he was made. And Ezekiel, it says he was made with all these gems, all these rubies, everything that that God designed him for, but he was backslidden in his heart because his heart was risen because of the way he was made and the brightness that was reflecting off of him. We have to understand here, church, because God used you during one set of worship or during one message, don't get it mixed or don't get it twisted. It's not because of you. It's because of the light that is shining from the throne. We need more people that are in this church to be like David. He was he was wrapped in an ephod, a priestly garment. In a moment when the Ark of the Covenant came back, he did not hesitate. He took that robe off. He took that coat off, and he began to dance before God. We can't come every Sunday and every Wednesday being weary from working all week and being entitled because I'm a pastor or because I'm a preacher and not begin to give God praise and worship week. After a week, we've got to live the humble road that Jesus took and give God glory every moment and every chance that we get. Moses looked at him and he said, Envious thou for my sake. Would God that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. I I fully believe here today that the same spirit that our pastor carries can can be carried throughout the body in this congregation here tonight. That if he has favor in winning souls that we can have favor in winning souls. Amen. If he has favor in witnessing the people on jobs and witnessing the people at funerals and witnessing people at at the hospital we have that same favor but we must believe it but we must act upon it here tonight. If God's going to fill this church in three years We've got to act upon the prophecy That's spoken over this very church Come on, I'll say that again We've got to act upon the prophecy Because the moment we act upon it Is the moment we start walking in it Where there came point in time Where That I'm just going to flow here tonight that we have to change our mindset in what we think is is God's revival versus um, our revival. We have to determine that. We have to understand here today that the apostles in the book of Acts had to have a revelation for the revival that was coming their way. Before the Gentiles could receive salvation, God had to deal with Peter upon a rooftop when he was praying. He literally had to put the apostle Peter in a trance and give him unclean food for him to eat. He said, thou, I have cleaned that food. Now I want you to eat it. Peter didn't have that revelation at that very moment. He would not have been able to go to Cornelius' house that was a Gentile, that was a man that feared God, that had no business belonging with Jews or in the synagogues, but he went to that house which birthed the revival of the Gentiles. Not only that, it was the Apostle Paul that was converted. Before he was the Apostle Paul, he was Saul the persecutor. He put the apostles and the disciples in jails and in prisons. He was a man that that destroyed the church. He was a man that every apostle filled with the fire of the Holy Ghost, filled and covered in the baptism of Jesus' name, every apostle that proclaimed the gospel, even though they were being stoned at that very moment, was scared of this man. But the moment that he was converted, the moment he had a revelation with God, there was a moment, a pivotal moment, that he came amongst the original disciples. Barnabas stood up for him. He said, "Don't fear. Don't fear fear elders." <laughs> this man was preaching Jesus name at Damascus he was preaching powerful I I wish you were there people were being converted left and right I believe if it wasn't for that man of God standing up for the Apostle Paul that you would not see the epistles that you see right now you would not hear of the word that we preach about in Corinthians in Colossians and all throughout almost half of the uh, New Testament you would not see it if it wasn't for somebody that encouraged an apostle that was newly discipled. And we have to change our mindset in believing that one day in this pulpit, there's going to be men that have tattoos on their face and up to their neck that are going to be preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. We must believe that there's going to be people that used to own strip clubs that are going to be able to be able to deal with children and minister as children evangelists because our God is in the business of restoration. Our God is in the business of in possible things. Do you believe that church tonight, that we're going to see that revival in this generation? Not in times past, not 10 years down the road, but this very year. Uh, One translation says that he, Barnabas, was the son of encouragement. We need more saints of God that look at each other on a weekly basis and say a word of encouragement to each other. We don't do it enough here tonight. It's not that we're boasting your gifts or we're boasting you as an individual, but we want you to be encouraged in the Lord. This body's got to be tight-knit and strong and unified if we're going to see the revival God has for us. We can't afford to have any weak links in ministry, any weak links in the saints in the body of Christ here tonight, but we've got to be unified because if the church is unified, there's nothing that could stand against it, there's no devil territory that could stand against the people of God when they dwell in unity. Do you hear me tonight, church? We've got to be unified here tonight, we got to be unified in music, we got to be. Unified in the prayer rooms, we got to be unified in every leadership fellowship. We've got to dwell in the unity of God. We need men to be able to lay hands on men in the prayer room and not be ashamed of it. We need men that are going to cry before God and get on their knees and put the uh, push the macho side away for that moment and get a hold of God. We need women in the prayer room that are interceding on the behalf of the city and your families. We need people in the prayer room. Can I tell you here tonight, if we have breakthroughs in the prayer room, we'll have breakout in service. If we feel comfortable laying hands on a other in the prayer room. We'll feel comfortable laying hands on the broken heart that come through these doors on a weekly basis. We've got to awaken because the revival is here. It's not yesterday. It's here. We shall take this land. You've got to believe it, but we've got to act upon it. Uh, I believe said in Kashocton a couple a week. whenever I was there recently I was reading I went through a season in my life a couple weeks ago where I was beginning to intercede for this church and in, in, in this city and I don't say that proudfully I just say through my walk with God I really wanted to get a deep uh, prayer life with him and God would wake me up Pastor Milik, in the middle of the night at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and I'd begin to read his Bible and call people's names out in prayer and I'd begin to labor in prayer in the spirit of the Holy Ghost and God showed me revelation about the temple that we just built, this new re- renovated building that we just built I was reading First Kings in chapter um, 8 in verse 41 and 43 that I won't read it word for word but basically what happened is the new temple that the man of God built for that very moment, there came a point in time that strangers in the land came to pray at that church can God shift our mindset so much and shift something in our spirit and give us a revelation that the prayer revivals that pastors been putting on, that the prayer means we have, after having three service Sunday, praying until one o'clock in the morning, become so popular in this church, become so uh, relevant in this movement that we're trying to flow with the Holy Ghost, that we're trying to do for God, that people in the land, people in the city, catch ear of what's happening in prayer revivals at the Anchor Church on a weekly and on a monthly basis, to come to tell you that if we begin to pray, that There would be denominational people in this city that will hear the prayer revivals that we're having in this church. I fully believe that there'll be priests, uh, there'll be undenominational preachers, there'll be Catholics, there'll be Methodists, there'll be Presbyterians that may never step a foot in this church on a Sunday or a Wednesday, but they'll be here six o'clock or five o'clock in the morning praying for this city as we're praying for it on a daily basis. I come to shift the mindset in this church uh, that we're going to. Have revival in every valley, we're gonna have revival in every school, but I believe this is the church that God has chosen for this city. Uh. Numbers chapter thirteen and verse seventeen and Moses sent to spy out the land of Canaan, and he made a statement. He said, Go up into the mountain. Verse 18, it says, and see the land what it is, and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, whether it be good or bad, whether they dwell in tents or in strongholds, the message was just go, no matter what. And verse 23, and when they went... When God told them to go up and elevate yourself in this mountain, get your binoculars out. They didn't have them at that time, but they're sitting there at the perspective they were. They were watching down and they seen that, that, that brook, Escol is what it was called. If you study and research what Eskol is, it's a valley that sometimes God's going to take us in the spirit of a mountain he's going to elevate this church but we can't be so spiritually high in the prophecies that come over this pulpit on a yearly basis or the words that are given by our pastor that we're not willing to get down from the mountain to go down to the valley and grab the fruit that God has designed for us to grab we have to put work towards the prophecy that the man of God just gave us, is what I'm trying to say. We got to put our hands to the plow, and we got to put our hands and get them dirty in the valley. Because I come to tell you that when the children of God went down to that valley, they grabbed fruit that they never partook of ever in the history of their existence. They both got staves, staves, staves and these big poles that the fruit would hang down, and I can imagine at that time. Caleb and Joshua are carrying it together, and that fruit was about to snap that stick. I come to tell you that there's fruit in the valley. Come on, somebody. There's fruit in the valley of this city, but we've got to get out of these four walls and go to the valley and get that fruit for the kingdom of God. I wish I had a believer here tonight that would believe that this church has greatness before it, but we've got to get out of the mountain and go down to the valley. They weren't focused on the obstacles. They weren't focused on the giants. It was the Hittites. It was all the ites. And, and they were giant people before them. And I read to you before, they defeated themselves when they opened their mouths and said, we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. Before the battle ever started in their mind, they already claimed themselves to be insignificant in little people after what God just did for them i've come to knock that spirit out of this church that we are more than conquerors and we will see this revival we won't be like the children of israel that god skips that generation i beg to differ i will be a part of that generation that god wants to use come on give him praise right now if you believe that cop your hands unto the lord right now Must believe that this harvest is now this harvest was not yesterday this harvest is not a year from now this harvest is now John chapter 4 he looked at them and Jesus said unto them my meat to do the will of him that has sent me and to finish his work Say not there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are right and all ready to harvest. And he made this statement that, that caught my eye. He said, he that reapeth receiveth wages. He that gathereth re, uh, fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth, he that reapeth may rejoice together they both had a job here today one sowed and one reap one planted a seed and one roped the fruition of that seed. Without a sower, there's no reapers, and without a reaper, there's no one to gather the harvest. But I believe that we are in a time of spirituality in this church, in a revival in this church, that there are going to be sowers and reapers that may rejoice together. Can I get somebody to witness with me here tonight that there's going to be young people that are going to that going to reap the sowing of some grandparent in this service? I believe that so heartily that you may not be able to reach your grandchildren because you're out of date and because you're not connected but I believe there's young people that go to this very church service that sit on those very pews that go to the very school system that they go to and there's going to be one P7 rally. There's going to be one school revival that we're going to have and they're going to reap what you've been sowing year after year every midnight prayer meeting you had it shall be reaped and I believe elders it young people are going to grab hands together and be able to dance in the Lord because we have the harvest. We have the harvest. i come to tell this church, go possess it. Go in the valley and get the fruits. Uh, Music could come if you could all stand and lift your hands unto the Lord right now. I believe God is going to do something special in his service. God has called us to a prayer meeting here tonight uh, that we get over ourselves and our insecurities, uh, that we get over our obstacles in our life. If God called you to it, he's going to take you through it. If he did it yesterday, he's going to do it again over and over. He changes not. There's none beside him. He is the God Almighty. He is the Lord of our harvest. Let's seek him right now for a moment, please. Oh, God. There's people that you know That you think impossible to witness to There's things that God has called you In this very moment tonight uh, That you think near impossible To do by yourself uh, But I come to declare to you The word of the Lord uh, That go possess it uh, Don't fear, be of good courage And go possess that What God has called you to be We need everyone hands on deck We don't need to rely on the preachers Every Sunday and the preachers every week To go witness to people we need the normal saints of God. We need the eldads and the medads to prophesy in the camp. We need people of God to lay their hands on others and be able to proclaim the name of Jesus. I believe signs and miracles and wonders are not going to come through the preacher, they're going to come through the saint of God in this service. I believe we have not seen the greatest soul winners yet, but we've got to go possess it. Uh, we all gather around this altar. I'm finished. God has accomplished what He wants here tonight. I wanted to be a soul winner so bad. <laughs> In college, hadn't won someone to the Lord ever. It was to my junior year, senior year that the Lord spoke to me about someone that was sitting in the lobby. No one talked to him. He didn't want to talk to anyone. His name was Sebastian. And the voice of the Lord spoke to me, said invite him to the church. I was halfway through the door going into the hallway. I took some steps back and just asked him, do you want to go church with me? He went, long story short, he got the Holy Ghost and got baptized. But little did I know this young man that grew up the way I did would have impact on his parents. I want to go into detail what he's been through, but his parents were separated. they actually been to this church at a service. His father owned a psychiatrist company. was was very wealthy. They were divorced and brought Sebastian um, into their problems. It actually just ruined his mind. His emotions were out of whack. And there came a point in time where I watched him come to this very service. His father, lack of terms or however you want to say it, was with his partner, and his mom was there, and it acted like they were. It was never a big issue. But my pastor was preaching upon uh, the basis of his message was success was not everything. His parents had more doctorate degrees than my whole family has degrees altogether. I don't know about you, but I never saw that coming. They were sitting in that very back corner crying their eyes out as the presence of God began to minister unto them. I believe it's not the will of God for us to go to every every bad part of town or every every, um, easy way into it. But I believe we don't have the choice on who's saved or not. That's God's judgment. That I believe that we're going to see a revival if the church would pray and go down from the mountain they're at to the valley. That we'll see doctors and counselors and psychiatrists in this very church being ministered by the Lord. That we would reach the north end and the south end. Of Zanesville. Come on, somebody. That we'll be able to lay hands on the waitress and the waiter when we're going out to eat, having a good time and fellowshipping. I believe that that revival is in this church. But forever that revival to come to pass, we must go possess it. We must believe in the word of the Lord that in three years that this church is going to be so filled we're going to have trouble sitting people and getting people into this building. It may be scary but it's of God because any dream that's of God shall challenge us. It should make us scary but any dream that God gives us and we feel comfortable may not be of God at all. But I come to tell you what the prophet spoke that very night that in three years we shall fill this building and we'll have a hard time keeping them contained in this building will come to pass but it will not come to pass if we keep spying the land it will come to pass if we go down to the valley <laughs> praise God if you just lift your hands and pray right now I pray that a spirit of our pastor would come upon us that same spirit that was on Moses for those children would come upon us here tonight. I pray that that mantle he operates in would operate upon us here tonight that God you give us favor to win souls that God you would give us favor and power to preach the gospel without hindrance that God we would get over our insecurities that Lord we would be able to be called to intercession that we would walk in intercession God if you called us to be an administrator that we would walk to be an administrator I pray that that spirit that's on Aaron Bounds would be on me Come on and keep praying for this harvest church God has called us to prayer here tonight Get down from the mountain Go to the valley Get down from the mountain Go to the valley